Hello, I'm Alfie Owen. And I'm Billy Lawrence. Welcome to the Post Stamp Podcast. Yes, hello and welcome back to episode five of the Postage Stamp podcast. Today is episode D for our A to Z of football. We'll be taking you through the dives to the diamonds, to Canyo scissor kick, to dancing. Here we go on a journey around the best Ds in world football. Alfie, how are you doing today, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. All good. Looking forward to the Champions League, which is kicking off in about 45 minutes time. Yeah, so we'll have to uh, stick it on in the background, here. maybe. Hopefully you're out of it by then. <laughs> we love doing this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Champions League is looking pretty tasty. Who, who are you tipping yeah. to win it then, out of the four left? I think Liverpool are going to win it. Um, yeah. yeah. And, but I hope... I hope I don't, I don't want another English final. I'm kind of bored of them. Yeah, I do know what you mean. I'd, I'd like to see Madrid go through. Also, a bit of narrative there from the final a few years ago. Liverpool yeah. want revenge. But yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah. Liverpool would do it. I mean, we're all Villarreal fans, surely, though, really, at the end of the day. Got to back the underdog, right? Yeah, yeah. It would and, be so uh, class to see them go through. I know, I know. Did you see as well? I saw they, they dropped their tickets to like 15 euros or something. Yeah, for 10 the- euros for, for kids or under yeah. 16 or something like that, and 20, 20 euros for normal. Which, yeah, equivalates to, to £15 effectively, which is how football should be, mate. And it's Their team as well, their team full of Premier League rejects, which I love. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a mix with really young talent and, and, yeah, like you say, old Premier League rejects. I mean, Raul Albiol's, but like, yeah, I know. he's like 36 and he's yeah. a corker, so it's very impressive. Yeah, I mean, aside from European football, the Premier League's looking quite interesting as well. Um, yeah. I mean, at the bottom and at the top. I mean, we got two relegated pretty much, Watford yeah. and Norwich, which I think everyone knew from about Christmas time that that was going to be the case. Everton are in real trouble now, though. Real trouble. I, know. I thought they were going to be... After the, they beat United, I, I was like, OK, I think they might be all right. And then after Burnley sat Sean Dyche, I was like, that's it then, Burnley are down. But it's gone the other way. Super Ben me. I know. <laughs> Michael Jackson. <laughs> Give him a pen. Put any number you like on it. <laughs> yeah. Ben's at the wheel. Yeah, Burnley exactly. are back. <laughs> Burnley are back. Uh, yeah, I mean, Everton have a really tough running. And yeah. unfortunately, they have the whole of English football against them. I mean, everyone wants them to go down. and It'll be mad, wouldn't it? Absolutely they will mad. celebrate. I, th- I think, embarrassing as it may be, they will celebrate if they stay up. Because if you're an Everton f- right, fan right now and you're scrolling through Twitter, it must be horrendous yeah, everyone's yeah. laughing at you literally all teams from everywhere are saying we, we all want everything to go down so yeah can't be nice for them but then again they've been in the Premier League for the whole time so get a grip yeah it'll be mad uh, yeah I think I think it's going to go down to, to the right to the end it really could it really could especially if Burnley start hitting momentum now which they they made a good 2-0 win the other day against Southampton fair play to them fair play yeah. on the Southampton note mate Ward Prowse what a player. I yeah. absolutely love him. I think, I mean, we're going to do an episode on our England squads in the future, but he's in it for me at the, at the minute, really? based off this season, yeah. I mean, you can't, his performance justify it. It's strange of him. 
maybe because he's playing for Southampton or something. But if if he was in a you know a top six side, maybe even like a Wolves, you know, I feel like he'd have more more justification of being in. But yeah, yeah. and then moving to the top four, good week for you, Alfie. I know. I mean, last time we did this podcast, I was very, uh, very crestfallen. I was like, doom and gloom. Star and Tottenham are on the up, but it's gone the other way. I mean, I think it just shows how inconsistent both teams are. Yeah. And I think that one will go right down to the wire as well. There's plenty of twists and turns left. Yeah. I mean, I hope, my hope is that we build up a bit of a lead ahead of that North London derby because oh, God. My, my heart will be able to take that. If yeah. That is, that is squeaky bum time. Watch it. I think I'd just switch off my phone, go for a long Yeah, we always say that though. And then honestly, anyway, let's let's not even think about it. (laughs) But I'm feeling more confident now and I think we might do it. But can't wait for that to be clipped up. Yeah, that was a a real um, bad bad slip from Tottenham. But against a very good Brentford side, actually, you have to give it to them. I mean, I've seen lots of people say that Thomas Frank should be given um, manager of the season. And to be fair, if they stay where they are around 11th, He's got yeah. a very good shout. I think I saw something like in the last seven years, only two promoted from the playoffs have stayed up. Yeah. So for him to be 11th is very impressive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they look like they're going to stay there for a while. So, so we're going to kick things off um, with our best player, beginning with D. Billy, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I actually found this quite difficult. I, I had to wrap my brain. I'm not sure what it is. It's the same with with quite a few of the other categories, actually. D maybe just isn't the football uh, football letter. Yeah. But there were some there were some classics in there. DDA Drogba with both Ds, you know, has to be up there. Prolific striker. Di Canio, even though he managed Swindon, is <laughs> a very impressive player. I mean, the, the scissor kick is right up there in some of the best Premier League goals of all time. But I settled on, and it came to me quite late in the day, Di Stefano, who is Real Madrid's third all-time top scorer. Yes. Two Ballon d'Ors. In, uh, played in the 60s and then actually I look, was looking today went on to manage for 25, 30 years afterwards and who have you got Dan? I've gone for the exact same mate I mean like yeah, I was looking at his record earlier I mean he won, he won eight La Ligas five European Cups scored 308 goals and 396 appearances for Real Madrid I mean it speaks for itself really yeah it does I mean uh, I had to really rack my brain though. Like, it took yeah. me a while to come up with that name I had a more recent doubt Kevin De Bruyne Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think he goes right into that category of you know yeah. not Di Stefano, but I'd have him in my side over Jogba and Di Canio, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one went straight over my head. In the world, probably. I don't know. Don't know oh, yet. at the minute, yeah. I mean, he's ridiculous. He's got to a point this season where he's scoring more goals than he's assisting, which is something he's not done before as well. He's yeah. honestly just a problem. He's a proper, he's a proper leader as well. You can like, yeah. not necessarily he's vocal, but he just leads let me talk. Well. Let me talk. <laughs> he just he just leads by example. I feel like whenever they're in a bit of a rut, he just sort of grabs the game by the scruff of the neck and just drags them over the line. Yeah, yeah, he's a battler as well as just an absolute technician, proper yeah. proper player. Uh, should we move on to most rogue player then? Yeah, I also struggled with this one a little bit to be honest. Oh, one of them one came to me quite quickly. Go for it, Sadu Dumbia. Oh yeah, fair enough. An absolute FIFA legend. Yeah, that really is. That really <laughs> um, is. Did he ever play in the Prem? Yeah, so I looked this up. He was on loan at Newcastle in 2016. Fuck me, I do not remember that. Yeah, he only made four appearances, apparently. Uh, that's still. probably why we don't remember it, yeah. But I feel like, I don't know, yeah. They got they got relegated that season as well. Um, but yeah, Probably I mean, good then. Pace merchant on FIFA. Yeah, yeah, that was back in the good old days. 
bit of a cult hero, so that he, he's my rogue player. What yeah, on my cult hero uh, status as well, I whacked in Rory Delap. I mean, oh, nice. yeah, but yeah. to be honest, he's not rogue because everyone knows him. <laughs> he is Mr. Throwing. And I was actually having this conversation with my with my dad at the football the other day. Why are some football players better at throw-ons yeah. than others? Because theoretically, surely they're all in the gym working exactly the same. I get some people are stronger, have more mm. upper body strength, whatever. But surely if you're going to the gym all the time, you can throw a ball pretty far. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. You know, when like a fullback comes all the way up the pitch, gets their towel out and everything. It's like, yeah, surely anyone could do that. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if you, when you were growing up, but some lads who you played football with just would naturally just... Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. That's what, like, it happens all the way through, right? Sunday league, even when you're like 10. Yeah. You just have one lad. always goes across it. to throw it. Yeah. yeah. So why are some people good at it? Yeah. And also, I've never actually seen long throw-ins work I don't think apart from Rory Delap so that's probably no. why he's gone down in uh in cult status I also had uh Eric Jemba Jemba who played 20 caps for United in, between 2003-2005 but it was a bit before my time and I think the name just more is in my head rather than actually knowing who he is if you know what I mean it just I feel like that one's been a bit passed down Okay, so the next D we'll be discussing is something that permeates all football fans. It is the Derby, that team that you really hate, that gets under your skin, sometimes completely irrelevant to location, sometimes all about intense uh, geographical rivalries. Alfie, what Derby have you got down here? The first one I got down is the old firm Derby. I mean, I've I literally never watched Scottish football because I think it's rubbish, but <laughs> whenever, whenever the old firm Derby is on, I always watch it just because the atmosphere is just outrageous i mean it's not only a geographic derby it's sort of there's a religious element involved there which adds another layer of hatred and violence uh, and a political element as well so i think that's got to be right up there for me yeah it does tick all the boxes of how much you hate someone else doesn't it which is which can be football's football's downside in many ways yeah which is a real you know such a shame because so many people like Derby is such a good thing in terms of obviously you hate it when you're watching it, it, but that's what football's for, right? Those are the big games that you want to go to. But then for some, it's about kicking the shit out of other people, which is can be damaging. Uh, the one that I had down is a very interesting one: Chester versus Wrexham. Now this yeah. one's interesting because they're divided by a national border. Chester is in England, Wrexham's mm. in Wales, but they're really close to each other. Chester Stadium is actually in Wales, even though Chester is in England. And yeah. obviously it provided the classic uh, bootlegger moment. You just knew <laughs> that was going to happen. But there's a massive, like you were saying with the, the old firm, there's a massive rich versus poor divide there as well. Chester's a very mm. affluent place. Uh, Wrexham is not. You can tell why that would get heated, especially when there's the national, you know, it's like it's like having England-Wales packed yeah. into then having Liverpool, Everton, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that Jonathan Walters played from both. And actually moves from Wrexham to Chester in 2006. So he must be absolutely hated there. That is controversial. It is controversial. You knew he was, he was knocking about in those ends. Yeah. And then another interesting one I had, North Korea played South Korea in 2019 yeah, in a World Cup qualifier in Pyongyang. But yeah. because it was there, there was no way of watching it. The only way anyone could see anything about it was from like a live text that was coming through. And then it was nil-nil. So the, the country... <laughs> they would, Countries are technically still at war or worse than at war at the time. And it's just bonkers, man. Like, crazy. Imagine you watching England and Scotland and no one being able to watch it and no one knowing anything yeah. about it until it's done. No That'd fans, no stadium. And then it being nil-nil as well. Such a 
such an anticlimax. But yeah, I think that I think that's a pretty groundbreaking game. It is. I mean, a game I'm looking forward to in the World Cup is USA Iran. That is not going to be. Uh... <laughs> no, not going to be that's friendly be at all. A pretty feisty encounter. I mean, it's not a derby, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not, but it probably is close. Yeah, yeah. close as they come. The oil derby or something. Sure. <laughs> well, we had the, uh, what did we have the other day? Sports washers derby, Chelsea, Newcastle. Yeah. Sure, we could have the oil one. Uh, so now we're going to move on to the quiz. It's my turn to ask Billy the questions this week. Uh, I think I got two last week. Is that right? Yeah, I think I made the questions a bit more difficult. Uh, I'm expecting the same back towards me. Yeah, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll do my best. First first question, I think, is pretty easy. Who is the most capped Danish player ever? Most capped Danish player ever. Is it Peter Schmeichel? Correct. You had to wrap my brain a little bit there, but it eventually came to me. Makes so much sense, doesn't it, really, at the end of the day? Um, Have you seen the video of um, Denmark winning the Euros, whatever they did? Before the back pass rule was invented. And oh, effectively, yeah, yeah. they just pass it back to the keeper, pick it up, roll it out, yeah. and pass back. It's like the old bit of shit house. <laughs> you used to get that in kids' football. Yeah, kids yeah. So annoying. Second question How many Premier League goals did Didier Drogba score? Um, I'll give you a leeway of 10 either side. It'll be in the 100 club. Let's say 130. Wrong. He scored 104. Oh. Really? That, that's less than I imagined. No. Only just in the 100 club. No. It's quite surprising, isn't it? Because he's yeah. a bit, real legend there, Chelsea. Well, yeah. Hasn't got the best goal tally. <laughs> which is a stick I'm prepared to beat him with. Cause I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm well aware of. I do not like <laughs> at all. Um, right. This question I stole from you in your, from your last quiz. All right. Which is, can you name the two Ds in the 92 clubs? Only two. There's only two. Doncaster and, hmm, it's not Dagenham and Redbridge because they're down. Derby, Derby, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah, you just hit yourself. You don't get yeah, 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 yeah. It came eventually. <laughs> We're going to have, they're, they're down in League One next season. So that's in a way they haven't done before, which I'll we'll get to do. See, only two as well. That's like, know, man, where's yeah. the D's in football? I know. Out of 92, there's only two starting with D's. Crazy. Very strange. Question four Dwight Gale. Went for a transfer fee of seven hundred thousand pounds to Peterborough United from which club? This was a Oof. this was a transfer record for this club. I have absolutely no clue. I was thinking guess out. Dwight Gale. Where does he look like he's from? Let's go. Let's go, Darlington. Wrong. Oh. Dagenham and Redbridge, a club. Oh. <laughs> mentioned him earlier. I've yeah. been to Dagenham and Redbridge so many times, mate. Really? Yeah. With Oxford. Good away. Get, scored good an absolute worldy free kick there as well. Oh. Right. That's so annoying. I mentioned it. You're two out of four so far. Come on, Bill. All right. Question five. Can you name four Davies to have played in the Premier League? Four Davies. Yeah. Curtis Davies. Yeah. Kevin Davies. Yeah. D-A-V-I-E-S we're going only, yeah? Yeah. Oh, mate. There's going to be so many. That's what's annoying. <laughs> uh, Kevin Davies scored so many goals, didn't he? Yeah, especially against Arsenal. I love it. Really? Um, I think I might have to give up. Uh, now you're out my brain. Give you five seconds. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to get two in five seconds, that's for sure. <laughs> give me ten uh, seconds. John Davies. No. No. That's it. Um, I'm out. Could have gone. Ben Davies. Oh, playing. that's no. silly. That's silly. Uh, yeah. Everything's Tom Davies. Tom, oh. Yeah. So, There's only four. There's more, but 
you would never have got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I said John Davies is a as an optimistic shout. Two out of five. Damn. You know, proud of myself with that one. Yeah, good quiz. Very good quiz. Testing the limits. I'm annoyed with that Dagenham Red visual. <laughs> so next up, we're going to be talking about dance celebrations in football. Now, I think there's a line here, and I think it can be amazing and just be the perfect celebration, and then it can go completely the other way, and it infuriates me to the limit. So, Alfie, what do you think? I I honestly don't don't care about. It doesn't affect me at all. Really. Um, it really gets on people's nerves, but like I don't know, I feel like they should be just allowed to express themselves. Oh, bless um, you. <laughs> like I remember when uh, Jesse Lingard scored against Arsenal, and he like Millie Rock. Every, every like everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like so disrespectful, and I was like, yeah. "I just like it's dancing. It's all that deep." <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I don't think it's disrespectful at all. In fact, no. if anything, it is disrespectful. But that's fine. Like yeah. you know, he's celebrating a goal against you. That's yeah. fine. That one got clipped a lot and, you know, said, oh, he made the Emirates dance floor and all that, which I saw all over the place. So I had it down as this, right? I think when it's a bit jokey and, like, more taking a piss, happy, kind of, you know, go for it. So he got the famous ones. Have you seen Lucas Paqueta recently? Like, every Uh, time he, for Leon, every time he scores. I mean, he's Brazilian. He's allowed to dance, you know, it's fucking like Samba. He does all this, like, dance with him. He looks slick and it's like, he's got a smile, but he's joking about it, right? And then Roger Miller with the, you know, the Cameroonian in the corner flag. Oh, yeah. This one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. But then when you yeah. have Todd Cantwell and Jesse Lingard and Pogba all thinking they look really, like, sick and just, <laughs> like, they think they're cool. That's when it really does my head in. I'll tell you, actually, just while we're having this conversation, one, one that just sprung to mind that really actually got on my nerves was who were West Ham playing in the cup and they nearly lost? It was, like, a big cup set. Uh, what, recently? Yeah, it was this season. Kidderminster, oh, Kidderminster. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Declan Rice scored a winner. And he does. He started doing Michael Jackson dancing. I'm like, you yeah. can't do that. You can't do that against Kidderminster. That's what I mean. There's there's a time and a place, and it can there's be great. A time and a place. I think it really can be great. Yeah. But then, yeah, like you say, you know, Pogba ones that I remember were in not particularly very important games, and <laughs> scored an all right goal, and then goes to the corner and just. Like yeah. and all that it's just like oh <laughs> mate you're taking yourself too seriously I think that's an element of it as well like yeah, these yeah. are like super athletes you're footballers like when they show a bit of emotion that's great but then yeah. when they do it to make and then clip it on their Instagram and fucking oh yeah. god yeah clearly I'm get, more uh, you wouldn't get Roy Keane doing it would you <laughs> no you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, that is something I would love to see actually and pay quite a lot of money for <laughs> yeah so now we're going to talk about a subject in football that is cropping up more and more which is diving I've got a player in mind who I I just think is the worst diver in the world um, <laughs> but my dislike of Tottenham Hotspur may have something to do with it oh, yeah. uh, and that is Hyungmin Son really everyone, everyone loves this guy right but he is he's just such a diver and he's like did you see when he was playing West Ham a few weeks ago uh, and Zuma kicks the ball towards him yeah so I did see that the corner, I did hit see that. Him in the ankle and he went down so that is so embarrassing. And there was that was one, terrible. There's another one last season. They were playing Man United. McTominay got away with him, sort of like put his arm out, essentially just stroked him on the face. Mm. He goes down like a sack of potatoes and yeah. gets a goal, gets a goal disallowed. He's dived against Arsenal before. I have to say, I don't I don't particularly look at him and think diver, but oh, mate. 
just... there's, I mean, there's, there's classics. Lots of people call out Salah for it. The, the thing I wrote down when we, were, when we were discussing this before was how how can you stop it? Because like you say about the Son one, right? He feels contact on his face. He goes down and he disallows a goal. As horrible and as how much we hate it. How can you stop players doing that? If now, especially in VAR, if there's any contact, they are just going to go down because... You've got to use common sense. Like Yeah, I know, but... But so often we've seen that VAR doesn't use common sense. So yeah. that's what I don't understand. More and more, it's happening more and more. Players are going down, clutching their heads, even when there's, yeah. like, no one's gone near their head. Yeah. And you have to stop the game because in case of a head injury. Yeah, no, it happened at Oxford the other day. And it's like, I think the head injury stuff is massively important. Yeah. And, and we need to have some intervention in the game. But you're right. Literally, a player went down in their box. He yeah. sort of got a breakaway. Not a massive breakaway, but we started coming out. He'd gone down holding his leg. As soon as the ref hasn't blown for him to be seen, he starts clutching his head, and then he, he does give the foul. It, you know, people around me really moaning about it. And I do understand. It's just, yeah, how do you stop that? Because you're right. Hey, hey, it's like, Peter Scott, it's going to become like a boy who cried wolf thing. Yeah. It's like, we're going to stop stopping the game for it. And what if there is a genuinely serious head injury that he's tending to? Mm-hmm. That's not good. If people keep keep doing this, it's not gonna. I think it's gonna be dangerous. We'll see. Yeah, and then the other thing I had was did you see Charlie Adams dive the other day? Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Who even <laughs> knew he was still playing? He looked about 45, 50 in that video. He looks class. Like he Absolutely class. He looks like he goes to the pub far too often, that man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fair play. He's not a bad career. He's yeah, scored, he's scored a halfway long goal against Chelsea. I'd be out in the pub after that. <laughs> and then finally, I want to talk about a different kind of dive the diving header. Because when oh, you yeah. see it, they're actually really quite rare. I was looking up best diving headers of all time before this. Mm-hmm. Mate, other than like RVP in the World yeah. Cup, which is the best, undoubtedly. I mean, the way he hangs in the air and everything. Like there's some other good ones, but it's not like that common. You'd be surprised. So I think that's a real art. And yeah, like I was saying, the, the, the World Cup one, Van Persie is like immaculate from the ball and everything. Yeah, we, the timing of the jump and the keepers come off his line and then realise what he's about to do it's so class I watched it back before this yeah. and I did replay it three or four times because <laughs> so good man what a player as well Van Persie yeah terrific so now it's time for 11s the game where one of us has to name the starting 11 from a specific game at a specific tournament, final, yada, yada, yada. You get the gist. Alfie, today, you're up. I would like you to name starting 11 for Denmark's semi-final in the Euro 2020 against England. I had a now, feeling you were going to ask this today. Well, they, I, didn't, I didn't look it up. I didn't they look played up. in a 3-4-3. And again, mate, I was looking. There's not even many teams that start with a D. It's like I couldn't yeah. have asked you Dundee United, could I? Or, or no. Derby County's... Anyway, Denmark's semi-final team, 3-4-3. Three, three. I thought I'd give you the formation because it's quite a difficult one. But Yeah, yeah. I think you'll do all right, actually. I think... Give it a go. So, in goal, Casper uh, Schmeichel. Spawn. Centre-back, uh, Simon Kier. The hero. And Andreas Christensen. Yeah. Three centre-backs, by the way, 3-4-3. Three, three. Uh, yeah, I can't... Uh, the other guys are not... I don't know. Okay, I'll come back to it. I'll come back yeah. to it. Wing backs, there was that Mader guy. Yeah. Good, good player. Really good player. He, he had a great tournament. I was surprised he didn't get a move after it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. He looks, yeah, he looks class. Who did he play for? Inter Milan? Yeah, no. Uh, an Italian team, but... Yeah. 
Oh, current, which one? Uh, in midfield, Hoiberg. I was good. Damsgaard was the guy who scored, but I think he was one of the three attackers, right? Damsgaard is one. So you've got five so far. Christensen, Kerr, Schmeichel, Myla. Hoiberg, Damsgaard. So Hoiberg, Damsgaard, six, yeah. Um, the striker was the guy with the bun. Paulson? He didn't start that game. Oh, was he on the bench? He was on the bench. Um, I'll give you three strikes uh, now. Uh, who else was there? I'm going to kick myself here. I'd say there's two or three more I'd expect you to get. Or not expect, I, but you would know. Yeah. I know the other strike. I know the striker was, but, uh, mate, that might be me. There's other, I feel like there's other Premier League ones. There is one more Premier League and one more ex-Premier League. There must have been a Brentford guy in there, no? No, there wasn't in this. You mean Norgard, but he didn't play. Yeah, I was going to say Norgard, but was there Norgard? There was no guard. There was no guard. Actually, there was a guard, (laughs) but not Norgard. (laughs) (laughs) I feel I'm going to have to give up. Yeah? Yeah, I can't can't think of anything. I think you'll you'll kick yourself. Yeah, six, mate. To be fair, that's pretty good. I don't think I'd have got... Over halfway. Uh, the ones I would think you would know. Vestergaard. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this guy who played right wing back, Striga Larsen. I have no idea who he is. Don't even remember him playing. <laughs> no, neither. That's the one that is a complete curveball. Uh, Thomas Delaney in, in centre mid yeah. of Dortmund. Carlos Braithwaite. No, not Carlos Braithwaite. That's cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Braithwaite. Uh, from famously of Borough and Barcelona. Yeah, that's the one I thought you would have got. And then Casper Dolberg up front. Casper Dolberg, yeah. that was his name. I was on the tip of my tongue. He was once weirdly in that sort of like touted by Messi weird yeah. competition that uh, I think it was Adidas did. But yeah. yeah, mate, six six out of 11 is pretty respectable there, I think. I'll take it, I'll take in it. A, in a tough, tough 11s. I'll take it. Right, now we're going to do Billy's favourite bit, which <laughs> is best ever kits, starting with D. Um, should I kick things off? Yeah, go for it, man. Uh, so, again, this was tough because, as you said before, there's not even many teams to start D. But I'm still pretty proud of myself because I think I've found three absolute beauties here. Nice. Um, so He's going to test my knowledge. Yeah. So, I was struggling. So, I literally just Googled. I was like, best ever kits. And I read, I was going through this article with, like, the top 100 kits. Yeah. The third... Number three with Denmark's 1986 yeah. uh, World Cup shirt. That's an absolute know, classic. I've never seen it before, but it is an absolute beauty. Really? that It was pretty like uh, groundbreaking, to be fair, at the time. Because yeah. you got like the stripes and then the half and half and then the, the yeah. sleeves as well. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, Hummel and Denmark are a match made in heaven. They really are. They work so well together. And that kit, like, like I say, you know, that was right when kits started to get a little bit more fashionable. And that was one of the pioneers. Yeah, it's widely regarded as like one of the top 10 kids of all time. So, I'm sure you've got that down as well. Yeah, I have indeed. Um, the other ones, uh, I found I found Deportivo La Coruña's home shirt. from. Oh, the- mate, that is a great shout. I, I haven't got that down, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Is it the one with different stripes going each way on yeah. the arms? Yeah, yeah. Such a nice uh, kit. It's beauty, yeah, absolute beauty. I'm sure every, you'll have a chance to see it. For those listening on our Instagram, indeed. Um, 
And the final one is Dinamo Zagreb's shirt from 2000. Which, Not a clue, mate, what it looks like. I mean, you look it up, it's pretty nice, mate. It's like I'm going to do a little Google now. Like all blue, like very simple badge. That's for, I love a simple kit that ticks, ticks those. Oh, that is very nice, yeah. Good sponsor as well. Yeah. No idea yeah, what yeah. that is, but nice sponsor. Mate, it's all about a collar for me. I don't, why well, don't football shirts have collars on anymore? Yeah, or I don't have good collars. They've got the little like red and white checks on the collars. That is lovely. Yeah. I mean, have you seen Arsenal's rumored kit for next season? Yeah, I have. That's got a great collar. I mean, I don't know why they don't do them more. So, yeah, I had Denmark's, I had Dynamo Kiev's from this season by New Balance, uh, yeah. which is really classy, actually, really nice. No sponsor, but like a really nice sublimated pattern. And then I also had Dundee United, 1993 to 94. Again, if you haven't seen this, give it a Google. No, it's their away kit. And it's sort of like a black and white marble paint splatter. But it's just, a, Dundee have some great kits. And I think when you have a, a team that have like sort of a more unique colour. Oh, like, wow. Like tangerine. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if you have a more unique colour, you can really do stuff with your shirts that, that most teams don't do and stand out. But yeah, Dundee have some great kits. So I think that's the best. So we'll go with... Deportivo, La Coruña. Yeah. Denmark's 1986-87. Dundee United's. Yeah. And Dynamo Zagreb's away. And yeah, we'll do a little competition over on the Instagram at postage stamp pod. And then to end today's episode, we're going to do a little feature that Alfie came up with. The ultimate diamond. It's a term that's uh, referenced a lot in midfield throughout the eras. So we're going to go through. Now, actually, this I really struggle with this because... Choosing your best four midfielders of all time is, is difficult. Alfie thinks he's nailed it. So we've got a CDM, two centre mids, and one central attacking midfielder. Yeah. Alfie, do you want to start with yours of all time? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I tried with this. I tried to... Because you see with a lot of, like, all-time 11s, you see a lot of players are out of position, but I tried to make sure each player is like, yeah, so. tied down their position. Um, so in the base of my diamond, I've gone Patrick Vieira. Thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I think he had absolutely everything as a midfielder. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, he had goals in him. He could. He would tackle you all game. He was like six foot four, strong, and there's no player you've got more in a fight than Vieira. No. Um, again, probably a bit biased in that one. Um, two in front, I've gone. Zinedine Zidane on one side because I know play, people might say oh he was a number 10 but I think he could play that slightly deeper role because as well he's like lauded as one of the most technically gifted players of all time but he's also he was also like he's six foot two or something yeah he's big lad he could definitely could do his bit defensively as well um, yeah and Roy Keane I think I've heard Roy Keane say a couple of times when he's been asked who's your toughest ever opponent and he's said Zidane yeah um, and he's he knows what he's talking about when it comes to the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other side, I've got Andres Iniesta. Yeah. Um, just because... What a man. Probably one of the greatest midfielders ever. Um, and then at the tip of the diamond, I've got Diego Maradona. Yeah. Um, again, I don't really need to justify that. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could give our opinions on why Maradona's good, but I don't think yeah. it would be that. So, yeah, midfield of Vieira, Zidane... Iniesta and Maradona, I think, would get you quite a few places. Ah, I reckon I could take them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive. So I actually did one for the 2000s here and one for the 2010s here because I just couldn't decide. Uh, yeah. For 2000, I did have Vieira. You'll be pleased to know. 
Nice. Then I had Xavi and Iniesta in the middle because, I mean, created the best team of all time in Barcelona and then also with Spain won it all. And then I had Zidane in front of them. Yeah. Uh, again, it would be interesting to pit these two midfielders against each other, actually, because yeah. my 2010 one had Kante in the in the holding holding role yeah. and then Modric and Cruz. So it's interesting because I've got Xavi and Iniesta versus Modric and Cruz. Yeah. I mean, Javier and Iniesta will always be lauded as better because of their international, but Cruz and Modric have won it all together playing, yeah. playing as two. Um, I'm very excited very to play together in about two minutes' time. Yeah, <laughs> two minutes. And then KDB just in front. So, I mean, KDB. if you're talking about what a midfield battle that would be. Yeah. It I'd would be class. Watch that. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would pay some money. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I had. I mean, the Diamond's been a big part of the game, so... I think I'll I'll go with yours because uh, you you yeah. nailed it down of all time, which is a better <laughs> achievement than me who couldn't decide basically. <laughs> so that was our best and worst D's in football. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed us taking you around the world on a trip of the D's, Alfie. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. Um, I hope you hope you enjoyed it, and uh, see you next time. See you next time, guys. Thank you. Cheers. It's brilliant. Pulse is stamped up.